You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. BFM. Gatou te rangi marie, o rangi nui e tui honei, o papu tuanuku e takatonei, o te taiao e afinei i a tātou, tihei mauri ora. This is The Green Desk on 95 BFM. This week on The Green Desk, we are getting wet, or more specifically, we're trying to get things that are not wet, wet again, and I'm talking wetlands. So 90% of New Zealand's original wetlands have been destroyed by agricultural and urban development. We're talking dairy farms in the Waikato and buildings where they shouldn't be, places like Auckland, if you're thinking about local flooding we just went through. And unfortunately, wetlands continue to disappear. Now, while we can't return all of New Zealand's historic wetlands to their former soggy state, Julie DeLip, Senior Lecturer of Plant Ecology at Victoria University, is looking at the positive effects of wetland restoration in the Lower North Island to help inform decision makers on the benefits of protecting wetlands. Here's DeLip on her study. We work in the Wairarapa, which is an area of the country that's close to Wellington and is, was historically very rich in wetlands. So we've lost in the Wairarapa about 98% of, of historic wetlands, which is quite similar to that of Auckland, actually. Um, you guys are just slightly behind us at 97% of, of wetland loss. So throughout the country, and particularly in the North Island, um, lowland wetlands particularly are critically endangered habitats. And that's a real problem because wetlands, lowland wetlands are really important um, to people. Uh, they're really important as fish and bird habitat, um, but also for cleaning water and keeping sediment out of the oceans um, and protecting inshore fisheries. So when we destroy wetlands, what we do is destroy all the services that we depend on from from the, from the freshwater and from the sea. So uh, the, the kind of loss of these wetlands has been a, a real problem and it's affected things like water quality, it's affected fisheries and, and shellfish um, uh, harvests and that sort of thing. So Julie and her team have been looking at restorations of wetlands in large basin areas covering an entire plain and the area behind them and also at smaller subcatchment areas like a farmer's river. The research has so far come back with good and bad news. So what we found at the basin scale is kind of bad news. <laughs> it's that um, there was no sweet spot, there was no point at which restoring more uh, land as wetland didn't improve water quality when you consider the whole basin. And that means that to clean our water, we actually need a lot of wetland restored. And actually for nitrogen, we found that even if you restored kind of 95% of wetlands, you weren't really achieving the level of nitrate that, that we would be satisfied with safe. So that suggests to us that, you know, we have to also consider another piece of evidence that we also have to consider restoring upland ecosystems to retain some of that nitrogen and phosphorus and sediment up in on the slopes, up on uphill, um, and not have all of that nutrient wash into waterways because wetlands will be hard-pressed to clean it all out. 
at least in this in this catchment or the or just the basin. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the on the other hand, um, at the subcatchment scale, when we looked at those individual wetlands, um, it was a really different story. And what we found is that if you restore a wetland, look, uh, um, we only you actually only have to restore about sixty percent of the historic wetland extent for water quality for nitrogen and phosphorus to be achieved. So you can do a lot to improve water quality locally. Um, and you don't even actually, in most cases, have to restore the whole wetland area. But 60% of it will do the job, which is really a good news story, right? So um, so I, I, that kind of reinforced what we found working with farmers is that um, you can make a big difference locally when it comes to wetland restoration. But when you're thinking about how all of the entire basin is under land use for, you know, some of it is growing wine and some of it is making dairy and some of it is, you know, I don't know, growing wheat. <laughs> and we and when you consider all of these land uses, um, that the wetland areas are are, are um, not enough, frankly. We also have to restore other ecosystem types. Would you be able to describe kind of exactly how you restore wetlands that have been converted into, um, you know, pasture or something like that and like yeah. back into a wetlands? Does it just involve planting or do you have to somehow dig things up? Because it's, it, it's quite like yeah. a, a hard thing to grasp, you know, from the, from the studio and, the, and living in the city. That's a really great question, and it's in fact one of the the things we struggled with the most at first in the project. Is, um, and and restoration means really different things to different people, right? And so, what is restoration? And I guess we we took a really holistic approach, and um, where we kind of said any any effort to to any active change in management that improves outcomes for biodiversity and ecosystem services are so both life and the flow of life's benefits to people. (laughs) Um, Those are all things we consider restoration. So on the ground, that means like often we're fencing an area from stock, right, in in pastoral um, landscapes. Um, it might. It often means planting native tree species um, and and native wetland species like harakeke or raupo. Um but it also means things like um, um, trapping. Often trapping um, um, invasive mammals so that you can bring the birds back and they can uh, um, disperse native seed and pollinate the native trees. So it's about kind of rewilding. Um, a landscapes that are used more intensively. So, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the kind of big report that tells us what we're doing wrong and how we can save the world, has called for 30% of all land, inland water and oceans to be protected and restored by 2030 to stave off the worst effects of climate change. But where's that going to be? Here's the lip again. It's really hard to know where that 30% will be. <laughs> and so we, this study was really about trying to understand where and how to restore um, from different spatial scales because, you know, we don't all have equal power to make these decisions, right? If you're a small community group, a stream care group in your local, you know, local uh, suburb of Auckland, um, you might have a lot of um, 
you know, uh, goodwill and initiatives and, and power on the ground locally to make a difference. And that's awesome. <laughs> um, but but your, deci- your decisions kind of, they can only affect your local region. Whereas, you know, um, uh, regional authorities like district councils um, have a lot more authority over wider regions. So we wanted to answer the, the question of where we should restore from like the, the point of view of a landowner, like a, a farmer or like a catchment care group. Uh, those are kind of similar situations, like locally on, on their stream, you know, what can we do? What would restoring this wetland on my beside my stream do to improve ecosystem services? So if you take away anything from this show, it's that you should be getting out there, getting stuck in, and restoring some wetlands. For the final word, here's the lip. We see there's so much anecdotal evidence of wetland restoration locally making big differences to ecosystem and human health, right? Like just mm. cleaning up the stream, the tuna come back, the fish come back, the birds come back, the, <laughs> the you know, people meet their neighbors. They experience improved mental health because they're surrounded by nature on a regular basis, you know, and they're, they're doing something actively to improve their community and their, and their world, and that gives them a sense of hope and belonging and community so it's it's not just good for for you know tangible <laughs> reasons but also for many intangible reasons that was the green desk on 95 bfm tihei modi order that was a 95 bfm podcast support 95 bfm with a b card Go to 95bfm.com slash sign up.